So I'm here with Sudbury sculptor Tyler Fauvel. Hi, Tyler. Hi, it's nice to sit down with you. Thanks for coming in. So how were you first introduced to art or sculpting? Uh, well, I, uh, I started off uh, as a young boy. My grandfather was a professional sculptor, uh, so he, he, you know, he kind of showed me the ropes and uh, just made it sculpture exciting for me. So growing up with it was, uh, was a pretty exciting thing, and uh, it just kind of came naturally to me. Could you tell us a bit about your work, the subjects you choose, and how that might be changing, and also the materials you use and how that might influence the work? Uh, well, uh, I sculpt in a style, uh, a blend of uh, realism and uh, impressionism, and uh, <clears throat> that kind of gives me a wide variety of uh, things that I can sculpt, where some are, 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 are stuck in a, in a single style or a single uh, subject. Uh, I enjoy a variety of su subjects, such as uh, uh, mining has been something that's been uh, pretty close to me. Uh, just, you know, a study of history kind of makes it impossible to uh, ignore, uh, <clears throat> ignore mining in our history as its importance. Lately, I've been uh, sculpting a, a lot of wildlife, which has always been close to me. I spent a lot of time up in uh, Gogama running a uh, fishing lodge for a time, so I got to kind of get close to the wildlife and, uh, and the animals around me. And that's sort of been a, sort of a new progression that I've been uh, working on, and I'm pretty excited about the new Vanishing World series, which is uh, just going to be coming out over the next year. Oh, so could you tell us a bit about that series? The uh, Vanishing World series is a, is a, it's, it's sort of a study of uh, wildlife that, uh, that's uh, slowly disappearing from, uh, from our natural world. Uh, when I first started off, uh, the idea was, uh, you know, a few, a few sculptures of uh, elk, uh, uh, polar bear. And uh, as I started looking further, it kind of grew and became uh, a much larger base as uh, most of our wildlife is disappearing. So it's something that's been always uh, close to me. So that's uh, sort of try to bring awareness to people about what's uh, happening around us. And uh, also put it in perspective, with the mining, it kind of has a kind of shows you that uh, you can have both. You can have industry and you can have wildlife at the same time because they're both important to, uh, they're both important resources to us and uh, they're important for our future and our children ahead of us. And for yourself, what is the connection to mining? Uh, the connection to mining is uh, I, I used to work in a, for a mining business, which is my wife's family. Uh, they've been in mining for 30 years. Part of my inspiration came from uh, my wife's grandfather who has uh, passed away recently and he was uh, a prospector. So we got to spend uh, a lot of time together and uh, it was just interesting to see the, 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 the people behind it and see how hard they work and see it's a very dangerous job and it's kind of a, can be a thankless job at, at times. So it's kind of nice to show, uh, and it's the people of Sudbury where we're from. So it's nice to show the, the people behind the community that we live in today and, and the north because without mining and prospecting, we wouldn't have Northern Ontario or any of the cities here. And a lot of people kind of take that for granted. And you mentioned that you were taught from a young age by your grandfather. So what is it like for you being so young but participating in this art form that usually is taken on by older people? Uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, it can be a challenge at times. I, I, I find uh, you have to prove yourself a little bit more because people see somebody older and they think, oh, they're, they're, they're more knowledgeable or they... Uh, um, their work is more sophisticated when uh, the, the average artist does his best work in, in, in youth. So it's kind of nice to, to be this young because it gives me a much longer time in order to produce my best work and also allows me to uh, experience sculpture as a lifestyle and not just a retirement. So can you tell us about, a bit about the location that we're in now? And it's uh, our new studio uh, on Main Street and Lively. Uh, it's 
It's been a long time coming. We've, uh, I was working out of my backyard for a time, uh, in my basement before that, and then uh, in a little garage before that. So it's kind of been a slow progression, but just more wanting people to, to see and experience the work instead of just being in a, in a plastic bag in a dusty studio. So it's, uh, this is the first day that we're open, and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. We're uh, going to be having some monuments uh, unveiled up front so that people will come to Sudbury. They get to experience uh, my sculpture as they come through the city kind of as a greeting. Uh, as they come from the north. And with this venture, I understand your wife is highly involved. Does that help you focus more on the work? And uh, of, co of course, absolutely. Uh, my, my wife's incredibly important. Uh, in any artist that's successful in any profession, whether it's music or painting or photography, will tell you that uh, you're only as good as the people that are behind you. Uh, having her behind me means that I can focus on sculpture. She does the you know the business side of things, and uh, which is you know a big part of art. A lot of people think you can just do a sculpture or a painting and put it on the wall, and that's and that makes you a painter. But really, the profession behind it is the reality of having to have you know your books in order, and that in, that that whole end of things, having to advertise uh, advertise is important because if people don't know who you are as an artist, they can't buy your work, and if they can't buy your work, you can't be an artist. So without her, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be able to be the sculptor that I am today. And also, uh, being young, it's it, it, it takes a, a strong woman to, to say, you know, give up give up your job and uh, whatever it is that you do, and 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 do something that you could possibly fail at. But but know in her heart that I wouldn't more than I knew. So without that, I I wouldn't be a sculptor and I wouldn't be here today. So I, I would say she's probably the most important part of uh, of a business as. As it is, as I said, uh, you can't be a professional without having the business side of things, regardless of what you do. So, uh, no, she's, uh, she, she's the most important cog in the machine there. So, Now that it seems that you're following your passion full force, what would you say before now has been the biggest challenges? Uh, the biggest challenges, uh, for one, are uh, getting, out, getting people to know you and trust you. Uh, it's very important because uh, it commissions, there's a lot involved. Technical challenges are always involved. As I change from what my grandfather taught me, which was a simple art form of uh, making water-based sculptures and casting, to uh, a much more sophisticated process, which uh, involves oil-based clay, bronze casting, uh, monuments. It took a lot uh, to pretty much teach myself a lot of the ropes. Uh, it was great to have the inspiration of my grandfather and the early teachings of him, but missing that little bit of uh, technical that I would have got at an art school took some time for me to develop on my own. But trial and error, and uh, a little bit of a little bit of wasted product later, and uh, you, and you can come up with the same results. So that that would I would say was the biggest challenge. How would you describe Sudbury in terms of supporting your sculpture? Sudbury is, uh, has been a, a little supportive. They haven't been um, supportive as other places. I mean, uh, I, I, I do a lot of work in Timmins. They just commissioned uh, three seven-foot bronze sculptures honoring uh, Jack uh, Wilson, uh, Sandy McIntyre, and uh, Benny Hollinger recently. So that, and as well as uh, other companies like Gold Corp, and a lot of corporate stuff has been coming out of uh, the Timmins area. Uh, I do a lot of work uh, overseas um, and uh, in Vancouver and places in the States. And uh, so as far as in comparison to other areas, uh, it's been slow in Sudbury, but I, I attribute that a lot to just not being out there for people to, to see my work and be able to have the opportunity to uh, to work with me. So I'm hoping that our new location will give people the um, the place to come see us and see that we're that, that I'm that I'm serious about my work and be able to give me an opportunity to uh, to work within this community a little bit more. So I'm hoping uh, in the next years that that comment might change and uh, and be a little more positive. But um, 
the people that have been supportive have been incredibly supportive. I've got a few really good clients in Sudbury, and and it would be uh, wouldn't be appropriate for me to say Sudbury hasn't supported me when there has been some really great clients uh, that that have uh, supported me. My first start. Uh, uh, Phil Charbonneau uh, gave me my first commission for uh, Extrata, which without that I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. And he was a Sudburyan, so you know, at times it can be very supportive. I, I should say. A lot of your commissions might come from industry like mining. So now that you're moving towards maybe a more wildlife, nature-oriented subject, do you see commissions maybe shifting more towards that, or what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's really tough to tell what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping that a little bit that uh, as uh, some of the, the, the corporate clients are, uh, are becoming more environmentally conscious and, and uh, trying to think about the, you know, the the world around them that uh, maybe some of them will do some uh, some commissions and get some wildlife as a, in order to show their their support for for wildlife. But I'm I'm thinking uh, as uh, as I get out there more and as uh, I have more uh, opportunities for commissions that uh, with uh, I have an Aboriginal series coming too that uh, between that and my wildlife it'll um, give me an opportunity to do to do some commissions that aren't uh, mining related but. Uh, I pretty much have no doubt that uh, mining is still going to continue to be a big part of what I do because uh, it is something I am passionate about and uh, at the end of the day this is a mining city and a mining community. So can you tell us a bit about um, your sculptures relating to native peoples? Uh, my sculptures related to native peoples are, uh, it's also part of the vanishing world and uh, that side of uh, the work is going to be focusing on uh, the loss of culture and sort of uh, the forced assimilation into uh, in, into you know, everyday society, as, as we'll call it, and try to remind, uh, you know, uh, my people of, uh, of, of the way things were. And I think uh, that's really important when it comes to, to the Aboriginal work, is to try to show their traditions and, uh, and, and their way of life uh, for maybe others to see and uh, to appreciate. Uh, I find it's, uh, their, their culture is very underappreciated in, in Canada, and I think it's, it's time for people to, to be excited about it and be excited that uh, that we have such a rich culture here within Canada and it's you know we're we're not all by ourselves here and I think uh, by acknowledging that uh, I think it, it gives some some credibility to to my work and not just focusing on history and saying oh I have mining because without mining we wouldn't have uh, the, the society we have today which in reality is uh, is incorrect without. Uh, the Aboriginal people and, uh, and and what they put into this community too, we wouldn't have these communities that we have today. So it's it's part of a bigger process that really is uh, try, trying to experience Canada as as a whole, which is you know Aboriginal peoples, uh, cultural traditions, wildlife, and uh, and the uh, the mining and prospecting industry. Can you tell us a bit about your recent work and what's going on there? Uh, my most recent piece, I, um, it's going to be going to the Foundry uh, later this week for bronze casting, is a piece called Losing Ground, which is of uh, a northern polar bear, and it's just to uh, try to uh, raise awareness to the, the uh, shrinking polar ice caps uh, and how the wildlife is being forced south and being forced to change its habits, and you're seeing wildlife uh, polar bears in dumps for the first time ever because their food sources are low. And it's it's something I've been really passionate about. I've always been passionate about bears in general. Um, another piece that I have, uh, it's a series called Searching the Riverbank. This piece was actually inspired by, uh, it's of a, uh, a black bear lifting a rock, looking for grubs and bugs and minnows and that sort of thing. And this piece was actually inspired by a, a time that I spent up in, up in northern Ontario. 
where we had these baby bears that would come in uh, every day and they would come in and, and wander the yard and cause mischief and uh, actually the, the, the inspiration came from uh, this little bear pulling up rocks in the yard and uh, actually it was humorous, the little bear uh, on another occasion he would come so close to us that he, that, that he would sniff your feet and uh, it was just really neat to see to see this this animal in a different light. And I try to show my my, my wildlife in a, in a way that um, that shows how gentle and how intelligent they are. Uh, whereas I find some people's work shows the, the viciousness of a bear. When at the end of the day, they're just they're just wild creatures trying to survive, just like we are. So that one was always a really nice, uh, really interesting piece for me because I said it showed the intelligence of the black bear and not just the the goofiness that you see in everyday artwork, whereas they're a very brilliant uh, animal and to be able to see them in the wild is, was quite a privilege. And with the material you use, casting and bronze, does that in some way relate to the bear, like the weight of the bear? Uh, well, not, not usually. Uh, I, I try to do my wildlife in bronze because I want it to be um, something that lasts through time, kind of like a, eventually maybe a little, um, almost like a storybook or a, a kind of a, an encyclopedia of types that uh, one day when some of these wildlife will be extinct, my work might remind somebody of, you know, tell their grandchildren. I remember uh, I saw a polar bear when I was in northern Ontario or or a moose and so it, the casting of bronze is more for the lasting factor to be able to have a, a sculpture that will last the test of time as bronze will be around for thousands and thousands of years and it, it just ages and changes as it grows uh, it, it'll be something that'll be there forever and children grandchildren the grandchildren so that's more the reason for casting in bronze in sculpture you're showing the bears three-dimensionally and you also mentioned how with many other artists' interpretation, maybe say in a painting, a flat medium, you see an only, only a one-dimensional view of the bear. So do you think those things go really well together? Is that intentional? Uh, well, it's, it, it's definitely challenging to, uh, to have a, uh, a wild animal and, or a person and be able to show it in three-dimensional. It, it's, it's always tough to show, uh, to show a piece in the light that you're trying to try to you know, make it look dignified, but then also be able to turn the piece and have it exciting on all angles. It, it's very easy to make a, a sculpture that's good from one angle and you just make sure nobody turns it. But uh, it's a lot harder to have a piece that stands the test of time by, by handling. You can put it anywhere you want and, it's, and the piece is, is nice and it's uh, intelligent from all angles and isn't just a, a, a one-sided piece. And that's actually always a, an, an incredible challenge because you have something that looks just perfect from one side and you look at the other side and go, man, that looks terrible. So that's always a challenge is, is trying to get, uh, especially when in the case of a polar bear, you're working from a two-dimensional photo because it's uh, a little hard to get up and close and personal with, uh, with a polar bear. So, I mean, you got to get work with what you have. And in this case, I work from video. I work from uh, life when I can, say with a moose or a polar bear, but or a moose or a, or a black bear, sorry. Um, but in many cases, I have to work from two-dimensional and turn that into a three-dimensional image, which is always tricky. Can you tell us where people can find out more about you and your work? I have the, uh, a website, uh, it's www.creativecasts.ca, make sure you get the uh, .ca, not .com, because uh, .com will take you to an American tile company, a little bit of an oversight there. Also, you can uh, stop by the studio and, uh, and, and uh, come visit me here, and uh, it's, I'm always happy to talk sculpture with people. Thanks for your time, Tyler. Uh, thank you so much for coming in.